The Rebbe starts off the Sikha by saying that we discussed many times regarding the great Diyuk, the accuracy of the Pirush Rashi al how precise Rashi is. Included in this is also that usually Rashi does not repeat his Pirush a second time, as Rashi himself says in regards to the Mishkan, in Pashas Vayakel, he says, I explained all of this already, the Nidvasa Mishkan and the work of the Mishkan, I explained it already where it was originally commanded about. And that's why Rashi doesn't need to repeat it. Unless there is in the second time some sort of extra additional idea or extra explanation and the like. Or, if in between the two psukim there's a big interruption of a number of parshias, and certainly if it's in a different chumash, and then Rashi could repeat it, or at least briefly, even if there's no extra explanation, because it's possible that the student, the one learning it, maybe doesn't remember from the previous time, from the first time. But certainly when we're speaking about within one parsha itself, it, it's not logical to say that the student would forget what he just learned or Rashi just explained a few psukim earlier. And therefore, usually Rashi would not have to repeat what he just said again unless there's some sort of new chiddush, new explanation. According to this, we need to understand in our parsha we find Rashi seemingly explains the same thing twice. So we first have a passage, Hashem says, I'm going to send ahead of you a malach into Eretz Yisroel, I'm going to drive out the Knani, the Amoiri, the Chiti, the Prizi, the Chivi, and the Yevusi. Rashi quotes the words, Vegeirashti es haknani, and he says, Shisha umoisein, there are six nations, Vagirgoshi, what about the seventh one, the Girgoshi? The Girgoshi left Amadu Panam Epneim, he left from in front of the Yidin, may Elav on his own. Then comes a little bit further, the next Pasuk, a Pasuk and a Peyruk further, but not, not too long afterwards. The Pasuk says, Hashem again says, I'm going to drive out the Amoiri, the Knani, etc. Rashi quotes the words, and again seemingly says the same thing. He says, There are six nations here. Because the Girgoshi got up and left from before them. So therefore the question is, it's not understood, why is Rashi repeating the same thing a second time? So there are Mephoshim that say that Rashi is repeating this because there's a difference between these two times. The second time, Hash, it, the Pasuk is speaking about that Hashem himself is going to go ahead of the Yidden and drive the Goyim out of the land. Not through a Malach, as was originally going to be, which is discussed in the first Pasuk. And this is what Rashi is explaining, that nevertheless, in regards to this detail, there's still no difference. That even when Hinani Gorish when Hashem is driving the Goyim out, nevertheless, the first, the first six nations are not going to be just automatically leaving the land without any war. It's only Girgoshi that's going to be leaving on their own, just like in the case when when a Malach was going to leave the Yidin. But the Rebbe says this is not so smooth, it's not so easy to accept us, for two reasons. Number one, the, this idea that, that the whole Chidush is that the six nations are not going to leave themselves, even when Hashem is going ahead of the Yidin, Rashi doesn't say that. All Rashi is saying is why the Pasuk doesn't mention Girgoshi. But that aspect where Gagoshi is not mentioned, we would have understood, and even more so, with a, with a Kolshkein, from the fact that Rashi told us in the previous time, when the Malach was going to go, that Gagoshi is leaving on, its, on their own. So certainly now, if Hashem is going ahead of the Yidden, then Gagoshi is going to leave on its own. Point number two. If the Pasuk would have said that the Yidden are going to need a wage war, and they're going to win the war because Hashem is going with them, so then we can understand this way of, of learning that even though Hashem is going with them, nevertheless, they're still going to have to fight the six nations and only Gergoshi is going to leave on their own. 
But let's look at the Pasuk. The Pasuk is actually saying, I'm going to drive out the Amoiri, etc. We're not speaking about any waging war over here at all. On the contrary, the Rebbe says, furthermore, the simple reading of the Pasuk sounds like that we're speaking about it's going to be on a much higher and better way of, of, of kibush, of conquering. That Hinani Gersh Menecha Hashem is saying, I'm going to drive them out. But according to the way we just explained it, that these Mepharsh, what the Mepharshim are saying, that the Pasuk is saying that nevertheless, the six nations are not going to leave on their own. According to that, this, then the whole emphasis of the Pasuk is exactly the opposite of what we are trying to understand, that the Pasuk is coming to tell us something great. Hashem is going to drive these nations out, and now we're saying, no, there's actually, there's still going to be the six nations we're going to have to deal with. The Rebbe says the question becomes even stronger of why Rashi is repeating this. If according to Rashi, this does need, need clarification, why it is that the Pasuk mentions only six nations, when we know that there are seven nations, then where should have Rashi told us to us? Rashi should have told it to us, the first time the Torah tells us, about this idea of six nations. And Rashi should have explained this earlier. And the Rebbe says, in fact, we find it a few times earlier already. In Chumash Mois. We find it twice in Pasha Shmois, once in Pasha's Mishpatim, and yet Rashi doesn't say anything. So the Rebbe says like this, in Pasha's Mishpatim, we could, we could answer in the following way. Why Rashi doesn't say it there. Why? Because in Parshas Mishpatim, where it speaks about the six nations, the Pasuk says over there, I'm going to send a Malach ahead of you. And Rashi over there says, Ah, right over here the Yidin are already being told what's going to eventually happen. That they're going to sin. And that the Shechina is saying that I'm not going to go with you. A Malach is going to go. And where, when does that all happen eventually? That happens actually in our Parsha, in Parshas Kisisa. Where Hashem says, as we quoted before, that I'm going to send a malach because I'm not going to go with you. Since over there, Rashi is telling us that we're going to be learning about this idea when this happens later, about that it's going to be a malach, etc. And where is that? That's in Pasha's Kisisa. So again, when in Pasha's Mishpatim, it's, it says, Rashi tells us this is going to be happening later in Chumash, and that's the Pasuk in our Pasha. So we could say that Rashi is relying over there in Pasha's Mishpatim, also for this detail of why there's only six nations, that we're going to see what it says in this Pasha, where there are six nations mentioned, and here, as we said, Rashi is explaining why there are six nations mentioned. So that could maybe be a reason why in Pasha's Mishpatim, Rashi didn't need to mention why there's only six nations. But the first two times in Pasha Shmois, where the Pasuk enumerates six nations and leaves out Girgoshi, the question then is, why does Rashi not say anything over there? The Rebbe says, we also need to understand some differences between the two Rashis in our Parsha. So the Rebbe now makes a few comparisons. The Rebbe says, the first time, in the first Pasuk, Rashi says, Shisha Umois Hain, they are six nations. The second time, Rashi says, Vav Umois Yesh Khan, there are six nations over here. Point number two. The first time Rashi says, Vihagirgoshi, and the Girgoshi left on its own. The second time Rashi says, Ki Hagirgoshi, because the Girgoshi left. Third difference. The first time Rashi says that the Girgoshi left in front of the Yidden, may Elav on their own. The second time Rashi says that they left, but Rashi doesn't include this word, may Elav on their own. 
And finally, says the Rebbe, the first time in, the, in the, what Rashi quotes from the Pasuk, Rashi quotes Vigeirashti as Aknani. He quotes the word Vigeirashti that I'm going to drive them out. Whereas the second time Rashi just starts with Eshoem Moiri, etc. But he doesn't include the words of the Pasuk that Hashem is saying he's going to drive out the Goyim. Says the Rebbe. The difference between the Psukim in our Parsha and the Psukim of Parsha Shmois, as well as the truth is there's a Pasuk in Parsha's boy that also enumerates a few, a few nations. The Rebbe doesn't really go into this Pasuk and Parsha's boy over here, but in some of the footnotes the Rebbe does. But there is five nations mentioned as, as discussed in one of the footnotes. But anyways, back into the Sicha. So the difference between the Psukim and Parsha Shmois, where there's six nations mentioned, and our Parsha, says the Rebbe is really a very simple difference. In Parsha Shmois, we're actually not discussing the nations per se, the nations on their own. What we're speaking about there mainly is about the land where the nations live. The Pasuk is saying that Hashem is promising that the Yidin are going to be taken out of Mitzrayim and being brought to a good and spacious land, the land flowing with milk and honey. The Pasuk says, El Makoim, to the place where there are the Knani, the Chiti, the Amoiri, the Prizi, the Chivi, and the Yevusi. Or the other Pasuk, a similar Pasuk, where Hashem says, For Oimar I have said, I'm going to take you out. From the affliction of the Mitzrayim, and I'm going to take you Al Eretz to the land of, and again mentioning the nations, Al Eretz of Aschalavadrash to a land flowing with milk and honey. So again, we're not speaking about the point of the nations themselves, we're speaking about the land that they live on. It says the Rebbe, therefore in Pshutei Shomikra, there's no question over there why not all seven nations are being mentioned, because that could be understood from the simple reading of the Pasuk. The Pasuk starts off and emphasizes, we're speaking about that Hashem is taking them to a land flowing with milk and honey, a good and spacious land. Says the Rebbe, that's why he could simply say why only certain nations are being mentioned, only six of them, and not the seventh, not Gergoshi, because this idea, this special Miley Severity Yisrael, the Zovas, Cholavadvash, etc., is primarily in the place of those six nations and not the seventh nation. And therefore, the place of the Gergoshi is not being mentioned. Whereas when it comes to our Pasha, Pasha's Kisisa, where we're not speaking about the land, was speaking about the fact that it's going to be the chasing out, the downfall of the nations themselves. As the Pasuk says, V'shalachti lofanecha malach, I'm going to send a malach. V'geirashti saknani, I'm going to drive out the Kanani. And similarly to the other Pasuk. So obviously Rashi needs to explain why Girgashi isn't being driven out. Why it's not being mentioned. So that's the general difference of why here Rashi even needs to explain anything. Now, within the two Psukim itself, within our Parsha, Says the Rebbe, again, there's a difference between the first Pasuk and the second Pasuk. And this difference is indicated in the words that Rashi himself quotes from the Pasuk, which was one of our questions, why Rashi the first time quotes the word Vigei Rashi and the second time not. Says the Rebbe, the first time Rashi quotes the word Vigei Rashi is Hakanani. Because it's speaking about how Hashem is going to give over the nations into the hands of Bnei Yisrael. He's going to chase out the Kanani and so on. So immediately we need clarification, we need explanation. The Pasuk is only, is only enumerating six of the nations. How did the Yidin actually get rid of the seventh nation? What happened to Gergashi? And therefore Rashi says, yes, Shisha Umo is saying there are six nations. And the Vigay Rashi, when the Pasuk says, I'm going to drive, I'm going to drive them out, we're going to have to deal with them and take care of them, is only dealing with six nations. Why? Because the seventh one, actually got up and left by, by themselves. So there's no need to drive them out. 
So Rashi again emphasized the word Vagei Rashi because all they were going to need to drive out is six of the nations, the seventh one left by themselves. What about the second Pasuk? The second Pasuk, this idea that the nations are being driven out is actually coming in a bit of a different context. It's coming in continuation where the Pasuk starts off by saying, Shmar guard yourself. What I'm commanding you. There are various different commands over here how we shouldn't make a covenant with these goyim, etc., etc. So it's coming as uh, an introduction. In other words, as part of this introduction to all of these things that we're going to be commanded of what we should be guard, what we should be watching ourselves. So it says that. I'm going to be chasing out these nations, etc., etc. In other words, the Torah is not really so much dealing with the fact of exactly how the nations are being chased out and how Hashem is dealing with the nations, but mainly what's being dealt with over here is as an introduction to what's going to be told to the Eden. I'm going to be chasing, we have these nations in Eretz Yisrael, we're going to have to deal with them and make sure, uh, there's a whole bunch of things of how we have to make sure of how to deal with these nations, and again, not making covenants with them and not doing other things that the Torah enumerates. Or what we do, do need to do in a positive way with, regarding their misbechis, etc., etc. Therefore, it's understood, says the Rebbe, that now we suddenly have a new question. It's not the same question, how did we get rid of Girgashi? The question is, why isn't Girgashi mentioned since all of these tzivuyim, the commands of what, what are relevant to the goyim, are in relation to all the seven nations, including Girgashi, then why is it that Girgashi is not being mentioned in this, in this command? Says the Rebbe, we cannot say that the reason Gergoshi is not being mentioned is because since it says, I'm going to drive them out. And we just learned already in the earlier Pasuk that Gergoshi had left on their own anyways. And therefore, the Pasuk doesn't mention Gergoshi because Gergoshi is not one of those ones that are going to be driven out. So it's because of the words, there's no point in mentioning Gergoshi. So the Rebbe says, we can't say that for two reasons. Number one, then you could ask, the pastor shouldn't have said the word Hinani Goyresh, which wouldn't be able to include Girgashi, and then you had no problems. You would have no, no question. In other words, if the main point of the Pasuk is mainly coming to warn about how we need to deal with certain things related to all the nations, the Pasuk should have just used a different word, a word which could have included Girgashi. You don't have to not include Girgashi just because you said the word Hinani Goyresh. You use a different word. More importantly, says the Rebbe, in our case, the Rebbe says, actually, even if you use the word Hinani Goyresh, that could even apply to Gergoshi as well. Again, even though they left. Why is that? In the previous Pasuk, when it said, V'girashti es Aknani, there it's understood why V'girashti clearly does not include Gergoshi. Since that Pasuk is mainly speaking about the way the nations are going to be chased out of Eretz Yisrael. That's the main Chiddush, that's the main point of that Pasuk. And therefore, clearly, Gergoshi cannot be included in the chasing out of all the other six nations. Because then we would have thought that they're all being chased out in the same way. They have to fight them and so on. But again, in our Pasuk, the point is not so much about the going being chased out and how they're being chased out. That's just being mentioned, by the way. Again, as an introduction to the commands that we have in connection to the Goyim. So it says the Rebbe, so since we know already early, from earlier anyways that Girgoshi is leaving by themselves, so we could actually now use the term Hinini Goyresh even regarding Girgoshi. Why? Because 
since Hashem is, could chase out the nations in a number of different ways, including the fact that, that one of them could be terrified and run away by, by themselves, so fine, so all of that can be included in Hinini Goyreshmiponecha, that Hashem says, I'm going to drive them out. Fine, some of them are going to be driven out one way, some of them are going to be driven out the other way, but that doesn't impact the rest of the tzivuyim, the rest of the commands that were being given in connection to these nations. So therefore, we're back to, to, to this idea that the question then is, so why isn't Gergoshi being mentioned? And this is why Rashi comes along and says that the reason why the six nations are being mentioned and not Girgoshi, says, says Rashi, because there are six nations, yesh kan, there are here. Just to clarify, usually we would learn the words yesh kan, we would think yesh kan means in the Pasuk there are six nations. What Rashi is saying is that right now when the Yidin are coming into Eretz Yisroel, who is living in Eretz Yisroel practically? The inhabitants of Eretz Yisroel, Yesh Khan, there are only six nations here currently. And therefore we understand why the commands and the continuation of the Parsha, of not making a covenant of those living in the land, and breaking down their Mizbeches, etc. We understand, that's why it's being commanded only regarding these six nations. Because there's no need to tell it to us about Girgashi, because practically they're not here. Because the Gergoshi left. Now we're going back to one of the Duyukim that we spoke about before. We said, why does Rashi say over here, because the Gergoshi left. Not like in the earlier passage which says, and the Gergoshi left on their own. Here Rashi is saying, meaning to say, the reason why these commands are, are, are only regarding six nations and not regarding Gergoshi is key because, the reason for it is key, because the Gergashi left. Says the Rebbe, according to this, we're also going to understand, why the, in this case, Rashi doesn't say because Gergashi left on their own, as opposed to in the first passage, where it says Gergashi left on their own. Because here it's totally not relevant whether they left on their own or not. All we're interested right now is, are they in Eretz Yisrael or not? And therefore, whether these mitzvahs are going to apply to them, the way we deal with them. And therefore, bottom line is, they're not here, and therefore they're not considered Yoshev and Oretz, they're not inhabitants of the land now when the Yidna are coming there, and therefore there's no need to command us about making the bris with them and all these other things, making a covenant with them, etc. From the Pshutish Mikra, the Rebbe now moves on to the Inyonim and Egeil HaLacha that we can learn out of this Rashi. Says the Rebbe, since Girgashi left on their own, and at the time of going into Eretz Yisrael, they were not inhabitants of the land. So now we could actually ask the following chakira, the following question, regarding these various different prohibitions and commands. Do they, lahalacha, apply to Gergoshi as well? Especially in a case, let's say, where the people of Gergoshi might come back to Eretz Yisrael. Do we look at a time when the Yidin went into Eretz Yisrael? That's the deciding factor. And since bottom line is that they were not living at the land at the time, so we might say that all of these mitzvahs just never applied to them straight right from the beginning, from the outset. Or do we say that since when the mitzvah was being given, when Hashem said it, they were inhabitants of the land, so therefore the command does apply to them as well, especially if they come back to Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, Yidin would need to be careful regarding with all the warnings that the Torah had warned of how to deal with these Goyim. Says the Rebbe. 
When we look at the Diyuk in Rashi's words, again, what does Rashi say? That there are six Umis, Yesh Khan, there are currently, right now, six nations here. Because the Gergoshi left, says the Rebbe, this seems to be implying that the fact that the Tzivu, the fact that the command was regarding these six nations is only because practically there is right now only these six nations over here. Yesh Khan, they are here right now because the Gergoshi left. But essentially, it would apply to Gergoshi as well. Especially, and because, again, because at the time when the command was given, before the Yidin came to Eretz Yisrael, the Gergoshi were inhabitants of the land. And therefore it wouldn't be cancelled out just because by the time the Yidin come, the Gergoshi had left already. Says the Rebbe, this would explain why later on in Chumash Dvarim in Mishnah Torah, it says clearly that Hashem will give these nations in front of you and you will strike them, you will destroy them. And don't make a bris with them and don't, don't, be, don't be graceful to them, etc. Don't marry them, break down their mizbechos. And this says all clearly regarding all seven nations, including Gergoshi. So therefore the Rebbe says it's much easier than to say that all these mitzvahs do apply to Gergoshi as well. Not like there are some other Mepharshim that want to try to say that it's referring to Gergoshi only before they left Eretz Yisrael, or it's referring to those few Gergoshim that remained scattered in Eretz Yisrael amongst the other six nations. The Rebbe says, no, we could say Mepashtos refers to Gergoshi completely. On a practical level, when they're coming in, maybe there's no Gergoshi right now, but again, like we said before, if they come back, etc., then it would apply. The Rebbe now turns to the Yenushal Torah, to the Chassidus that we'll find in this Pirish Rashi. But first, a short introduction. The two Lashonis of Rashi. In the first one, Vagirgoshi Omad, the Gergoshi got up upon him and left from before the Me'elav by themselves. The second one, Kiagirgoshi Omad upon him that the Gergoshi just got up and left. It doesn't say by itself. It says the Rebel Choyr, it's actually describing two different times, two different situations. That is, according to the first Pirush that we said, Shisha Umay is saying there are six nations. The Hagirgoshi, Vav again means coming to add something, that the Girgoshi, what about the Girgoshi? They stood up and they left from, uh, they, they stood up and they left. That seems to be implying that the Vigirashti, when it says, Hashem says, I'm going to chase out the nations, this actually impacted, number one, first of all, the six nations of how they're going to be dealt with, but it also impacted in, a, in, a, in another way, and afterwards, to the Gergoshi as well. That means that we're going to chase out the seven, six nations, and what about the Gergoshi? Well, when they see what's happening with the six nations and so on, afterwards they are going to leave by themselves. So it implies that the Gergoshi is being leaving after the, the six nations are being dealt with. On the other hand, in the second Rashi, when it speaks about the six nations, and it says, key because the Gergoshi had got up and left, this emphasizes that this happens before the six nations are being driven out. And again, let's look simply at the words. Shisho umois yeishkan, when they come into Eretz Yisrael, there are six nations because, key, the Gergoshi had left. In other words, so he's not being included in who has to be driven out. And the Rebbe says, but Pashtus, this is actually what ended up happening practically, that even before they didn't come to Eretz Yisrael, they, 
And before they had to wage war against the other six nations, the Gergoshi had already left. So again, in the first Pesach, it's describing a situation where the Gergoshi would have only left after the six nations. In the second Pesach, is describing the situation that happened practically, that the Gergoshi left even before the six nations. The Rebbe says we don't even have to say it's a machloikas practically b'metzius of what happened. We can say that most of the Gergoshi left immediately, and some of them, and especially those that were mixed with the other nations, etc., had left uh, afterwards. The Rebbe says ve'en kamakoymoi to go in more into these into this uh, these two ways, etc. But the Rebbe is going to explain it al pichsidus. The Rebbe says b'pnimi the explanation goes like this: It's known that the seven nations, the Kanani and Moiri, etc., correspond to the seven bad midos, which are the li'umazeh, the opposites of the seven midos of Kedusha. Kanani represents chesed of Klippa, the chiti represents the level of Gevura, and so on. The idea of conquering the seven nations in Avoida, what does that mean? It means to conquer and to refine the seven bad attributes, the seven bad emotions. Every single individual nation has its particular midah with which it's trying to oppose a certain midah of Kedusha, and this is the idea of conquering these nations. Says the Rebbe, it's explained in Sforim. Now what is this idea of the Gergoshi leaving on its own? The Gergoshi corresponds to Malchus of Klippa. Says the Rebbe, when we refine and we fix up the first six nations, the Knani, etc., then automatically... Malchus is automatically elevated and refined. Why? Because Malchus generally represents the level of Nukva, the feminine aspect of the Sphirois, in this case the feminine aspect of Klippa. Generally regarding Malchus, this level, we say Leisla Migarmoklum doesn't have anything on its own, rather it's a recipient of all of the higher Midas. And therefore, when we get rid of the bad, the evil in the main Midas, the first six Midas of Klippa, then automatically Malchus is gone. The Malchus of Klippa is completely bottled. What's this idea of Malchus specifically? The idea of Malchus of Klippa is the Avoida in the more practical part of our world. Machshava Diburu Maisa, in other words, thought, speech, and action. Not so much the emotions, but the actual thought, speech, and action in matters of Klippa. So when one fixes up the six Midas, Practically what this means, for example, the Midas HaChesed would mean he shouldn't have foreign avis, love to things that he shouldn't be having, and, and temptations, and lusts and desires. The Midas HaGvuro would mean yes, he's getting rid of the Midas of anger, etc. Et and so too regarding all the other bad Midas. If none of these bad Midas exist, then automatically there's no room for the Malchus, meaning for the thought, speech, and action of Klippa. Because the thought, speech, and action are always going to be a result, an outcome of the Midas. A person thinks and speaks and does based on what he feels inside, what's coming from his Midas. So this is one way of looking at it. That we find all the Midas, and then as a result of that, there's no Malchus, there's no issues anymore with thought, speech, and action. But there could also be another way. There's another way of dealing with Malchus of Klippa, of the thought, speech, and action, is that even before you dealt with and refined and transformed the inner Midas, you also don't have the bad Machshava Dibru Maisa. In other words, you're conquering your Yetzahara, and you're making sure that it doesn't express itself in bad thought, speech, and action, similar to the Avoid of a Bainani. What's a Bainini? So on, on the one hand, all of the bad in the left side of his heart is still as strong and as powerful to have the tithes to all pleasures of this world. Nothing changed at all. He has it full force. And yet, what does the Altarebbe tell us in Tanya? He overcomes it 
he rules over the Ra, that it shouldn't actually come down practically in his thought, speech, and action. So again, so we have these two ways, either that the thought, speech, and action are being bottled because the Midas were taken care of, or the Midas might still be in full force, but he has control over his Machshava Dibra Says the Rebbe, this is going to be the difference between these two Pirushim and Rashi. The first Pirush is speaking about the regular order of going into Eretz Yisrael. In other words, if we speak about, let's call it the correct or the orderly fashion of how it normally happens in the regular state of things. So what happens is the way we're dealing with it, with the seven nations, the seven bad Midois. So here the order is, the Rashti Haknani. In other words, dealing with the six nations, the six Midois. And if the six Midois are dealt with, then yes, then automatically... As Rashi says, Me'elah, automatically, Gergoshi, the Machshav, the Dibaramais are going to be gone. The Malchus won't be there anymore. The thought, speech, and action, which come from the six bad Midas, will be gone. But in the second Pasuk, the Pasuk is speaking about what ends up happening practically as they go into Eretz Yisroel. In other words, sorry, we're not speaking about, let's go back a second. In the second Pasuk, it's not speaking about the order of ideally of how things happen. But rather we're speaking about the conquering of the seven Midois or the seven nations as it's already being a command and a warning to the Yidden as we said before. That's what the second passage is speaking about. How it's relevant in our Avoidah. And when we're dealing with our practical Avoidah in Torah and Mitzvahs, then first and foremost we need to be concerned with our Maisash Yasun with action. Bottom line. And Eilash Eloisi Yasun what we're not allowed to do. You know, how does he need to go about his Machshav Adibar Maisa and therefore he can't necessarily be waiting to always deal first with all the Midois. And therefore we don't say, the Gergoshi got up and left by themselves. Because as Rashi says, Vav there are still the six nations. The Ra, the evil of the six meters of Klippa are still as strong in his left part of his heart as when he was born. But, the Gergoshi still leaves. Because we're speaking about the idea that the person's avoid is in a way that is Levushim of his Machshava Dibra Pono, were removed, moved away, and uh, going away, torn away from the bad midas. In other words, not having these bad midas impact them. The Rebbe says another point. The Rebbe says this too, that the fact that Gregoshi leaves, because it says, why is Amadu Pono Beplein? This is also coming because of the power of the Nefesh kiss, The level of Chochmah, the Nefesh kiss that's in the mind, that gives a Koyach, that the foolishness of the Klip of the Sitra Achra, in the left part of the heart, should, be, should go away as explained in Tanya at length, regarding a Benini. And therefore here we say, in other words, it's getting up and going away, simply in the possibility from before the Yidden, but in our, the way we're translating it now, it's going away because of the Kedusha, of the Nefesh kiss. So again, the Midas may have not gone away, but even when we speak about the Shavad it's going away because of the power of the Yidden, of the Kedusha, of the Nefesh kiss, etc. Says the Rebbe, what did the Pasuk say over here? That's the way it all started. It's starting with warnings for the Yidden. Because since Vav Umois Yeshkan, since the six nations are still here, the Midas are still here, so therefore there needs to be the special guarding and protection that they shouldn't impact the seventh one, the seventh Midas, which is, which is Levushia Nefesh, the garments, uh, the Machshava Dibra and the limbs of his body, etc. Says the Rebbe, this avoid in refining all seven Midas is the Hachon, is the preparation for the conquering of ultimately all ten nations which would also include the highest spheres of Keser, Chochma, and Bina, which practically is going to be by the Gula Amitiz Vashlema. When we're going to have the land of not only the seven nations, but also the ten nations, Kani, Knizi, and Kanmoini as well. 
So we're going to have the complete Eretz Yisrael. As the Apostle says, Yarchiv Hashem Alekecha is Gvulcha. Hashem is going to broaden your borders. Bekarev Ma Meshayidei Mashiach Tzadkeinu.